Please listen carefully. Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors. We discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm John Haley. And I'm Laura Farley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, John. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome aboard. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Do you feel like you've been flooded with knowledge while you've been here? I see what you did there, um, given the topic of this podcast. And yeah. uh, I do. I feel like I've been flooded with knowledge, but we're going to figure out how to uh, how to work with that today. Excellent. I like your can-do attitude. I try. So as I alluded to, and John quickly picked up on, today's topic is flood insurance, which has taken on greater importance for homeowners and consequently you guys as realtors in recent years. With the uncertainty surrounding ever-changing weather patterns and the specter of liability hanging over your heads as a licensee, flood insurance can be very important. Um, So luckily, there are a lot of great resources that are just a click away, and we're going to start discussing what some of those are. That's right, Laura. 2017, the hurricane season, proved to be one of the costliest ever. Hurricanes Harvey and Irma, respectively, inundated Texas and Florida. The metro Houston area received over 60 inches of rainfall, which is a record for any tropical cyclone system in the U.S. Yikes. And estimates place the total damage caused by Hurricane Harvey at over $198 billion. That's with a B. With more than $114 billion of that coming from destroyed or damaged residential properties. But sadly, for those in the path of the storm, roughly 70% of the affected homes did not have flood insurance. Not good to be them right now. No. As many of you may remember, the Residential Property Disclosure Act was updated in 2015 to add language about special flood hazard areas here in Virginia. You can find that exact language in the Virginia Code section 55-519 and it's subparagraph 10. You can also find it on the Residential Property Disclosure Statement form that we offer either on our website or through Zip Forms or Instanet. Now, before we go any further, let's just quickly make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. When we, and more importantly, when the law says special flood hazard area, this is what's commonly called the 100-year floodplain. That means the area is subject to a 1% or greater chance of flooding in any given year. If my math is right, that equals to 100-year floodplain. Right. That's. I think that's where they came up with that term. Not it's 100% sure, but that's where I think that went from. Pretty clever. Mm-hmm. The take-home message here is that the owner has no responsibility to make any representations as to the particular floodplain in which a property exists. So, as an agent, what should you do? Well, John, here's the first thing that you should not do, and that's become a super flood sleuth and research flood insurance options for, for your client. You want to make sure that you are the source of the source for your clients. Don't direct them to a particular flood insurance plan, but rather give them a knowledgeable insurance agent who can interact directly with the buyer to determine what insurance is required, advisable, best for them and for that particular property. So in fact, it's a good idea to identify more than one carrier and let your client make the final decision. Once again, as always, you guys are better off recommending three or more of a particular service provider. That way you're not seen as showing any preferences or anything like that. That's right. Uh, In this case, going above and beyond can actually land you in hot water. No pun intended. Uh, (laughs) As we mentioned earlier, there are quite a few really good online resources to which you can direct your buyers. The National Flood Insurance Program, or NFIP, can be accessed at floodsmart.gov slash floodsmart. If your client's looking for a flood map to determine where his or her property lies in relation to the floodplains, FEMA has a flood map service center available at msc.fema.gov slash portal. And you can also find Virginia-specific information on the Virginia government website. There are resources available 
I personally find those to be a little bit more um, easy to read. I was looking this morning at the the floodsmart.gov and the FEMA websites and just trying to see where my house fell. And it was not easy to read or understand, but there is a Virginia government specific one that really is a lot more vivid in the colors. It's a lot clearer what things are, where things are and how things work. So. So now that we've made it really clear that you shouldn't go out hunting for flood insurance information on behalf of your client, but what happens if you're representing the seller? It's very similar to the duties imposed upon you as an agent for the buyer. You generally do not have a duty to conduct an independent investigation about whether or not that property is in a flood hazard area or is otherwise threatened by flooding. However, if you've got some actual knowledge, you might have a slightly different standard you're going to have to live up to. So if you know the seller really well, maybe he's your neighbor or a really close friend, and you remember that he has to pump water out of his garage or his basement pretty much every year or every time it rains, then you're going to really need to talk to that seller about what's going on and whether he's fixed the problem. So for example, if there's a crack in the foundation and water is seeping in and that's what's causing that, then if he's fixed that crack and now that he's getting ready to sell the house, then you wouldn't have anything to disclose. But if it turns out that it's going to flood every time it rains, then that is something that's likely going to be a required disclosure. Once again, remember, you have no duty to go out and be a gumshoe and figure this all out yourself. We are not Sherlock Holmes and we don't have to be. So John, let's go ahead and take it to the legal hotline. I represent a buyer who's under contract to buy a home. The buyer's lender asked for an elevation certificate as the home will require flood insurance or may require flood insurance. The seller is currently paying for flood insurance, but neither the seller or the listing agent disclose this fact. My buyer wants to get out of the contract and get his deposit back. Can he? Well, as we mentioned earlier, the need for flood insurance, or the lack thereof, is not a required disclosure. Flood insurance requirement is not an adverse fact pertaining to the physical condition of the property. And because of that, the listing agent is under no obligation to make that known to you or to your buyer. In this case, the buyer is most likely out of luck. Yeah, now if they have other contingencies, you might still be able to get out, but that's not going to be enough alone. Right, I wouldn't rely on this solely. Right. Hey, Laura, my client is selling a property that requires flood insurance because it floods every five years or so. The last flood damaged the subfloor. He never got around to getting it fixed. Because the damage is related to flooding, he doesn't have to disclose that to the buyer, right? Mm, Not so fast. There are two separate aspects to this question. The first is about whether or not flood insurance or or flood damage is going to necessarily have to be disclosed. And since we are in a caveat emptor state, that means that it's buyer beware. And so the seller only has to disclose what's in the Residential Property Disclosure Act. And since there is no mandatory affirmative disclosure, there's no requirement to disclose this damage. However, if the seller does anything to conceal that damage or in any way make it more difficult for the buyer to discover it, that would be fraud and that would be a, a problem. So, um, you know, if the, if the seller wants to say, hey, yep, there's damage, have at it, then there'd be nothing that could be alleged against them. So, John, my clients are pre-approved for a $500,000 mortgage, but they're not comfortable going above about 300000 because they want to limit what their monthly payments are. I mean, this is what happened with my husband and I. We wanted to be able to eat more than just ramen and occasionally be able to go on vacation. If flood insurance premiums end up increasing their monthly payments beyond what they want to pay, but not above their pre-approval amount, how can they protect themselves? Well, in this situation, financing contingency will not allow the clients to back out of their sales contract, as the increased amount would still be under the financing contingency amount. Right. But in situations like this, you should advise your clients to speak with an attorney who can suggest additional safeguards to include in their offer. Virginia Realtors offers a contingency form, Form 600F, 
that can be used if you represent a buyer who is sensitive to monthly payments and is concerned about having to purchase flood or any other type of insurance plan. Kind of like my husband and I. Right. Now, this form is currently in the process of being updated, and that will go live on January 1st, 2018, so that it's easier to use for different types of insurance. In the form, you can specify what the contract is contingent on the buyer being able to purchase insurance with set maximum deductibles and premiums. So in other words, you'd say combined mortgage payment and insurance, et cetera, will not exceed. In that way, they get to eat more than just ramen noodles and have staycations. Right, exactly. All right. All right, Laura, last question. I heard that I had to insure the prop- entire property, even if only part was in a special flood hazard area. Is that right? Well, so that's interesting because that is a question I had asked of me one time when I was teaching, and so must be that they followed up on the hotline as well. And there's a distinct possibility that the lender will require flood insurance on the entire parcel. And that's what happened in the particular example that I was given. So in that example, and, and this is what I want to elaborate on, is there was a stream on one end of a 10-acre parcel. There was a, I don't know, a huge elevation difference. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to 700 feet between where the house was located and where the stream was located. And the lender was requiring flood insurance on the entire parcel, including the house that was never going to flood. The house was well outside the 100-year floodplain. So in this case, or something like this, you should encourage your clients to work with their lenders early in the process to determine the best flood insurance strategy for them and for that particular property. If the lender agrees that they only have to insure the part of the property that's in a special flood hazard area in the example we're talking about, then the premiums are going to most likely be nominal as there's not any real risk of floodwaters damaging anything of value. However, you might want to consider subdividing the property in some way that that can help segregate what is going to have to be subject to flood insurance and what's not. All of these are decisions that are going to rest with the lender until the property is no longer subject to a mortgage because the lender has a huge interest in making sure their property is protected. Um, So you want to make sure you advise your clients to check on that as soon as possible during the search. So what have we learned here today? First of all, you should know insurance agents in your area who are knowledgeable about flood insurance. Mm -hmm. Encourage your buyers to do research and become educated before even looking at properties that may be subject to a special flood hazard area designation, so they're aware of what might be required of them. Right, and if you suspect that a property is even close to a special flood hazard area, encourage your buyer to talk to their lender and flood insurance agent as early in the process as possible to avoid any surprises at the settlement table. And finally, don't tell your buyers whether or not they will have to buy flood insurance or what they can expect to pay for flood insurance. Remember, you want to be the source of the source. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and, of course, rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the For Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks and goodbye. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is a general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and the laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2017. 
This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license.